0: Welcome to A Wholeness Podcast, a healthy home for hair professionals and our clients, where health and happiness is the top priority for those within the hair industry. Serving those who serve and giving the hair industry one great big hug. Hello, I'm your host, Fliss Downs, a barber, yogi, and meditation teacher. Come on in. Before I crack on with today's episode, if you haven't done so already, please hit the follow button on Spotify or on iTunes and leave me a star rating and review. By doing this, you will be helping me reach a wider audience and get the message out there sooner rather than later. I'd also like to mention that this podcast is proudly sponsored by Earth and Soul Pizza. If you are local to or traveling through Bairnsdale, use my promo code LOVEFLISS. That's L-O-V-E-F-L-I-S-S. And get yourself a free large pizza when you buy one. With locally sourced produce and food exceptionally made by the team at Earth and Soul Pizza. In recent years, I have truly begun to learn about the LGBTQ plus community space and terminologies. More so whilst I lived in Bristol with my brother Ryan and I got to know his group of friends. For many of you who don't know me so well, my brother is my absolute rock and he's my one person I couldn't do life without. If anything, he's been the person without knowing who has been the only one to keep me going in my dark days of depression and not wanting to be alive. I share this because poor mental health is a topic that has been in my life since my mid-teens and to express the deep love I have for my brother. I get choked up when I think and talk about him at times. I also bring this up because my brother is the founder of Ryan Bill's Wills, which he proudly promotes as a queer bicycle wheel building business. Being among the scene of the LGBTQ community is nothing new to me. I remember when a good friend of mine nearly 10 years ago told me that she was in fact a lesbian, but she just got with guys because she wanted to feel included and not judged. Hearing her words and from others on my journey cuts my heart deep. To know and think people are not feeling included, judged, and they can't be themselves, is upsetting to me. I express this because, believe it or not, I've too experienced moments in my life where I have felt judged, been bullied, not felt I could be 100% myself around a group of people, and that feeling is not nice. It's horrendous and hideous. And I thought, whilst recording this episode, if I have experienced this, then what on earth have the people who are in the lgbtq+ community experienced themselves on this week's episode i welcome lgbtq+ activist and barber carol black we have been sending voice notes to one another for numerous of months now and we've shared snippets of our realities with her being in the uk and me being in australia from a young age carol knew exactly who she was and who she wanted to be But along came society's norms and expectations for how a young girl should present herself. When she was young, she was nothing shy of wanting short hair. She chopped her hair off in fifth grade, making her feel empowered and presenting herself as truth. This conversation between Carol and I showcases the challenges of which the LGBTQ plus community can and have experienced. We discuss her very own personal journey coming out pronouns, and in fact, in our conversation, there is a great example of how a person's pronoun can effortlessly be corrected. I actually learned something new too. In today's episode, Carol refers to cis, that's C-I-S. This stands for cisgender, which I had never heard of before, and googled after our chat to find cisgender means someone who identifies with their sex assigned at birth. Carol is an activist for the LGBTQ plus community, along with Kerry Blue, founder of Affirmation UK. And you will hear from myself and Kerry in the coming weeks. There is so much more of what Carol and I talked about. So what are we waiting for? Let's get stuck into it. Obviously, you and I have been messaging over the last few months, but Mm -hmm. we've not yet dabbled into your story in the Herring Tree, being in the LGBTQ plus space. So where is a good place to start from, from your perspective? Where do you feel you can start your story from?
1: So I used to originally want to be a tattoo artist and that was my main focus. I've always been a creative. Uh, I've done different things with art, conceptual art mainly, uh, photography, videography, and a bit of graphic design and stuff as well. So tattooing was, has always been like a passion of mine, as you could probably tell with how covered I actually am. Yes. Uh, so basically I was aiming towards that. I was studying at college. I went to art school. And um, uh, while I was doing that, I was also working a part-time job in retail.
0: Mm-hmm. And I don't
1: know if you have heard of Primark.
0: Yes, but of I course.
1: Yeah, so, you know, it is a it is a place. <laughs> and it is. Not not so great to work for, I have to yeah, say, but any, I could retail imagine. Or, yeah, any retail job or hospitality job, it's hard graft. And it's mm. not I've it's not, it's the right done
0: that too. So yeah, I've been absolutely. in hospitality as well as retail. So I have vibe with you there, lovely.
1: Yeah, you know exactly how it is. So while I was studying, my studies actually finished and I passed on my, my qualifications and whatnot. But the main focus in trying to get into tattooing is finding a tattoo apprenticeship, which is like gold dust. Right. So, I kept working on my portfolio, but there's limited space for apprenticeships to open up. And just, it basically just wasn't going to happen for me. So, I got really depressed just working in Primark. So, I was like, I need, to go, I need to make a change in my life. So, I decided to go back to studying. And it was just, it was really off of whim. I looked through the college perspective and I went through the creative industries department mm-hmm. and I seen it was barbering, it was an option. And with me, I've always done things with my hair I've not been scared to do anything different Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a a, actually a story I was telling my client the other day uh, talking about how short hair can make you feel like you can step into your power with your hair right so I was in primary four and I remember asking my mum so I used to run around with all the boys at school playing football and they all had short hair and I wanted to look like them because that's who I associated with yeah. So I remember going to my mum and I was like, mum, I want to cut all my hair off. And she's like, oh, I don't know about that. Um, And then she had made, kicked up a little bit of fuss about it, but I was like really persistent by asking this. I really want my hair short, mum.
0: How old was you at this point?
1: Primary four. I'd have been really, really young. I can't remember exactly what age, but I would have been, you know, probably like, I don't know, six or seven, maybe slightly old. Yeah,
0: right, older. okay. mm
1: Uh, And then my mum basically turned on to me and said, right, right, I'm going to make you a deal. And I said, okay, perfect. And she was like, if you wait until you go into primary five, I'll let you cut your hair off. So a year later, I'm going into primary five. There we go. I've cut all my hair off. So it started from a very, very young age. I knew exactly who I was and who I wanted to be. Yeah. Um, So doing different things with my hair consistently through my upbringing. I was like, I think I'd probably quite enjoy this because I like men's fashion as well or um you know that kind of mask fashion so I was like if I go to this I'm gonna go try it out and if I don't like it then I can drop out and go find and do something different sure. so basically that's where it really all started from it was just trying to find myself as a person mm-hmm. and I feel like barbering was one of the only places um that really accepted me for who I was
0: mm, amazing what age was you when you decided to divert into that base
1: probably my, my mid-20s so I'm, yeah early early 30s now so it was about six or seven years ago now I, I went to college to do barbering
0: yeah wow okay and have you ever looked back and thought as well about still doing tattooing or are you solidly I am a barber this is who I am
1: I'm a barber and that is who I am 100% yeah, yeah. so but you don't, I don't, you don't imagine
0: going back to tattooing or anything
1: no, I wouldn't I wouldn't think I'd look back and go into tattooing, but I would never write it off to something that I would want to learn still. Like yeah. I, I would still love to learn, but Barbara is who I am and i just love it. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's awesome. That's so cool. And so you kept your hair short ever since grade five? But I've not
1: always had my hair short. I've I am um, I've had it I've grown it out again and I've chopped it all off again. And it's been various and different styles.
0: I would say I've had hair probably about three inches short and it was bright blonde and I (laughs) spiked it all up and I've got some pictures of me with my hair like this but I look back and I go oh my god that is just not you (laughs) (laughs) never ever cut your hair short again the shortest I go is like that sort of bob level just around the um, shoulder level It was only
1: September there last year that I I buzzed it right down to a 4 all over for the first time. I never had my hair that short before I wanted to try it. And I liked it. It was cold, though. It was freezing. Was that... um,
0: Yeah, that was like recently, though, wasn't it? As the winter came in last year. Yeah, that's right. I remember. I think I remember seeing pictures of you like that as well. Yeah, I don't know what possessed me to do that
1: over, like, coming into winter right enough. But, you know...
0: (laughs) Just we take it off. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> said, Fuck, it. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah, let's just do it. <laughs> I was so tempted as well, Carol, to wear my woolly hat today because <laughs> it's not cold here. But my hair is way too flat for my liking today. Normally, I like it big and messy and wild. And we would have been matching if I put my hat on. <laughs> That would have been sick. Like open on. So, I'm somebody that has the big pom pom on top. I love the pom poms.
1: <laughs> I've just put my hat on because one it needs cut and then secondly it needs dyed as well. So I'm loving hats at the moment. Yes.
0: Oh god! And it's winter over in the UK. And yeah. But if you used to go bright pink again with that beige beanie that you got on, that would look sick. That would look so That's awesome. Italian yeah yeah absolutely um okay so from a young age around about your six seven year old you was playing around with the guys and you was like this is who I am sort of so growing up wanting to have short hair and I guess would I say sort of stepping into more your masculine energy more than your feminine do you feel like that would be the right terminology
1: oh that's perfect terminology yeah um, I probably wouldn't have said that that was the point where I stepped into it that's just a step that where I was like I wanted I can like I can do something different with my hair to kind of portray that a little bit more mm. um when I was when I've always been younger I've always been a bit of a, a the like term back then was tomboy so I yes. was basically a boy running around <laughs> I
0: remember that so you're I'm 34 how old are you you're now like 30 31
1: 31, yes.
0: Yeah, so we're very similar age. I so remember the tomboy phase.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think every girl went through it at some point, like, you know, for a split second or, you know, like their whole life, whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So going through being seven, nine, into your teenage years, and I guess we could say finding your identity. You said that you knew who you were from a young age. Going mm-hmm. into your teenage years... What was that for you as you discovered who Carol is and what does Carol enjoy and what does she stand for? What was that journey like?
1: I'm not going to lie, it was really difficult. The transition going from a young primary school kid to high school, it was torture, really. Um, Mm. As much as I knew myself and I was comfortable with myself, a lot of my peers didn't make me feel comfortable. Society didn't make me feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. I, I was um, still in the process of coming up to myself as well as being lesbian. Um, Pressures of society for being a young girl. Uh, you have to look a certain way and you can't wear boys clothes. You can't have your hair short. Um, So it was difficult. It was, there was a lot of bullying and yeah. there was not a lot of support even from... Older people as well that were meant to be kind of like looking after you and stuff at that point in time as well.
0: Do you feel, in terms of the adult side, because they weren't equipped to know how to support a teenager finding and stepping into who they wish to be?
1: Probably, that looking back on it now, also I didn't understand it then, but definitely yeah. now society the way it was back then. Um, a lot has changed since then. Mm-hmm. but they're just people doing their job and just coping with what they already knew at that point in time as well so
0: yeah
1: and, and then kids kids are uh, they're relentless they're awful people <laughs> sometimes you know they yes they don't they don't know who they are yet they don't have, really have a grip of like how the world works or you know how words can really affect a person and stuff as well yeah so so although that was like a tricky time I don't really blame anybody for that point in time as well with the education that everyone had
0: that's the same and I totally I can relate to that degree in a sense looking back now to my teenage years suffering from depression anxiety suicidal thoughts my mum and dad did not know how to support and deal with a teenage daughter who ex- is experiencing poor mental health. Yeah, And so I guess that you could potentially relate to that going, well, actually my, my parents or the, the adults in my life didn't quite know how to deal with a daughter that was wanting to dress differently, have their hair different to what we know as what a girl or a young teenager woman should look like in society eyes. So it's just that case of saying, like you say, we don't look back and blame our parents for that, but it's finding that awareness going, actually, now that we are older, now that we've got that wisdom, we can appreciate that it would have been difficult for them because they didn't know anything else. Society didn't know anything else. But at that time, we were just being us as we were.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Um, basically yeah to be fair my parents they were always very supportive of me they never really stopped me doing anything so i'm thankful for that
0: nice they never said carol why don't you stop getting tattoos now like my mum said to my
1: brother that was that was maybe the one thing where my mum was like yeah i don't think you should get tattoos and i'm like "Mm, i think i've got a different mind."
0: That's so funny my brother's going through the process right now basically getting like a whole body suit um and it's looking amazing I have to send you some pictures of his tattoos that he's got on his back but he's got like two full arms he's now getting the whole of his back done he's got his chest done and he's like literally going to go all the way down his legs and everything and I'm like Oh, my God, bro, this is so amazing. But for me personally, I've got no tattoos. I've got this envision of having cute little dainty tattoos that aren't necessarily visible, but you can see them. But I just can't pluck up the courage of doing it, Carol.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong, getting a tattoo, it's sore, but it's nothing that you wouldn't be able to handle.
0: No, especially if I'm just going to have the fine lines and the dots. I can imagine the actual oh, shading fine. is the, the bit that's painful.
1: Yeah, there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot to consider, but yeah. if it's just like a fine line tattoo, you'll, you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. You've got <laughs>
0: that? You've got it? I've got it, fine. <laughs> <laughs> so when you stepped into the barbering industry you've been working in hospitality retail when you stepped into the hair industry in the barbering space how did that make you feel you could be yourself and it was the, the thing for you
1: you know when I say like I was accepted into two parts of that so like when I was learning in college and um, in the college environment it's very much like you're protected for who you are as an individual. There's no homophobia, there's nothing like that. Um, so in that sense, I felt like it was a safe space to learn. Um, but then when I actually eventually started working in shops, although it was a lot better, and I'm not saying everyone was, but there's still internalized homophobia and it's still very much a very male-dominated industry as well. Yeah. So is. in that respect, um, I also didn't feel accepted
0: <laughs> Interesting. I, I, felt,
1: I felt accepted in the sense that i could learn a skill i could learn a trade and i enjoyed it
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but maybe not necessarily so much that the fact that i was also still a woman identifying person who was also lesbian
0: mm-hmm. yeah do you feel that let's say particularly men because like you say it's a male dominant industry the bar yep. side Do you feel like they still treated you differently because you was a woman and maybe even more so because you identify as a lesbian as well?
1: Uh, Maybe some people, for sure. I think I've never really had discussions with certain individuals about my kind of perception of maybe how they're treating me. Um, Mm. But I definitely think there's some sort of stigma still attached to it. I definitely feel that as a woman, or anyone that's not, like, a cis man, really, um, you need to kind of double down on the work. And I do generally feel like you have to work harder and you need to speak louder as well if you want to be heard. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. What, have you got any examples that you can remember and, and re- go back to at all?
1: There was areas of that where I felt like that I was doing a lot not just for the place that I was working in, but also outside of work and everything that I was going on social media. I was striving towards that and then there was inner workings of that shop. And basically when I addressed the situation, it wasn't taken seriously. And um, yeah, that's where it ended. But there's been a couple of shops that I've worked in and it's ended in a similar note.
0: And now you've got your own studio.
1: You have own studio, yeah.
0: <laughs> tell me about this how long have you had your studio for and i love your branding i see that within your branding it's who you are this is who carol black is and this is what you stand for so yeah tell me about the journey from being employed or self-employed in a barber shop to now having your own studio
1: it's a massive change um a lot of hurdles and a lot of lessons for sure um but you know it's Something I like to tell myself is the question is choose your hard, So it doesn't matter if you're self-employed or employed in it and working for somebody else in an art shop or if you're going to go and do it all on your own. Each have diff- different things that it's going to be tricky and it's going to be hard to navigate. But it depends on what you're willing to handle and what can suit you in your kind of life as well. So. I've had my studio um, for just actually about a year now, coming on yeah. a year, and I've already been able to expand it. So that's pretty cool. Absolutely. But, um, yeah. One, actually, my plan was always to have my own space. When I started cutting here, I think I've always wanted to have my own space and just do my own thing. Um, also very grateful for every opportunity that anyone's ever gave me to get to the point where I am. Completely. Um, yeah. yeah
0: so is it just you in your studio
1: it was for the past year but just as i said there i've managed to expand it so i now have my um my partner marlena and um she has a nail studio inside the shop and i've been training my apprentice um for the past year as well and i've now been able to give him a space to work as well
0: amazing that's incredible
1: yes yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with that
0: yeah well done love absolutely it's oh god I could guess as you say choose your hard. you've chosen the route of having your own studio which comes with its own challenges but yeah. how much more rewarding for you is in it, it is it having your own studio versus going into somebody else's space
1: It's so much more rewarding. I I feel free that I can kind of have freedom to do what I want with it and how everyone else is interested in doing that as well. They they can feel safe and do what they want as well. Like it's a nice working environment and there's not any stress within it.
0: And there's so much stress within the hair industry.
1: So much stress, yeah.
0: (laughs) stress we don't need, but for some reason it's there. Yeah,
1: exactly. That's why we have conversations like this, though, so we could talk about it and hopefully it'll, um, it'll perk up some ears and maybe potentially inspire people to change the way that the thing is going at the moment. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. And you've obviously been involved with Kerry, Kerry yeah. Blue.
1: Kerry is a legend.
0: She is, absolutely. And I briefly She's touched base
1: with her. Sorry, it's Kerry's pronouns are they, them,
0: just they them. Thank you for correcting me. Thank um, you. Open, open. Yeah, I would have connected with Kerry during lockdown days, I would say. And I went on to do one of their courses with, I can't remember the other person's name that they was doing it with, but it was talking about how we as a hair professional can interact, communicate and I make somebody who is within the lgbtq plus community feel safe and secure and seen in our chairs and from what i'm understanding you started with kerry you also um dived into teaching that as well have i got that correct
1: yeah so um i've been to a couple of things with kerry it was human first originally it's now been changed to affirmation but uh, yeah, I've, I've been doing a little bit of that. We're focusing on that going forward this year. I've now been taking on it and we're trying to make plans for what we're going to tackle this year and continue teaching.
0: Amazing. Is Kerry in in the same location as you? Whereabouts are they?
1: Kerry is in Manchester, so it's a little moment away from myself. But the kind of premises are, is um, Kerry would handle the southern part of the UK and I'd handle the north in regards to teaching and stuff so
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then obviously when we've got any events and whatnot we'll just tie together and then be a little working force.
0: Yes is it just you two at the moment in time under affirmation?
1: Yeah currently at the moment yeah and we've got uh, we've got a couple of people helping in the background and stuff like that but uh, mm-hmm. we'll announce that at some point as well I'll let Kerry deal with all that kind of stuff. <laughs>
0: And was you on stage cutting hair somewhere last year?
1: I was uh, I was doing an education day with VTVC last year. Uh, Kerry was at Modern Barber Awards last year and did a presentation and stuff on stage. I actually was meant to be there with Kerry, uh, but I ended up get getting COVID. So I was quite unwell. So I had to miss oh. that one. Yeah.
0: Oh. And how's it been for you stepping into that role to to speak on behalf of the lgbtq plus community within the hair industry
1: it's a big role a lot of people are listening so it's you need to be brave enough to be able to talk about that kind of thing and also understand that although you may be educating people you're also going to be irritating people and you're going to have to understand that you're probably going to experience some backlash and it's not always going to be positive Mm. so um, I think anyone that's in a position where they feel that like they're strong enough to talk about this kind of thing publicly, they're very brave individuals mm. and I highly respect them. You need to have some sort of head strength about you to be able to talk about this.
0: Yeah. Have you noticed more the latter, that there is sort of the backlash more than the support and the encouragement or, or the other way around?
1: At the moment, I feel like with my own personal experience, it's been quite neutral. People are open to have a conversation or even just to listen. Um, I've not necessarily had a lot of negative backlash towards myself, but I know that will happen at some point. But, mm. uh, I know Kerry has unfortunately experienced a lot of negative backlash, but I, well, as well as a lot of positive stuff. But Kerry's really taken a lot of stuff on the chin, but they've also been in the public eye a lot longer than I have in regards to this. So but Kerry is a legend and um, they're super strong and I'm super proud of them as well.
0: Yeah, nice. Is there anything particular through that journey, stepping into that role, you yourself has found challenging or something that you found that's come really easy to you that you feel that's making you really know that this is the ground that you want to stand in and promote and support and be a voice of it?
1: I think what's really kind of inspiring me to do it is the fact that I'm going to be inspiring other people. So people that have been in a situation, like what I've experienced growing up, they don't need to be dealing with that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to educate people that it's okay to be who you are and it's okay to ask questions. You don't need to be scared. And mm-hmm. if you are scared, you just need to find the right avenue and ask questions and then ask for help. A big thing for me actually is that, a lot of my own friends and clients as well, they feel super comfortable coming to me and asking me questions about myself, but also asking questions about the LGBT community and stuff as well, because they've not always felt like they've had a safe space to ask questions because some of them don't have the right terminology. So therefore, in a cancel culture world, it's tricky to navigate that as well. So there are people out there that want to know more, but they're just too scared to ask. Mm-hmm. So being able to provide a safe space for cis people to ask uh, questions and they may use the wrong terminology but as long as you've gave them that understanding that you can use that and if any words that you're saying I will correct it for you then we'll just move past that but the amount of people that came back to me and being like I've actually really respected that because I've never been in a space where I can talk about this freely to some of the community
0: mm,
1: so that's a huge thing for me as well
0: yeah definitely and it's as you say stepping in in finding the confidence to correct people as well because what you don't know you don't know and it's only over a period of time by education around the lgbtq plus community in the hair industry as a collective that's where we're really going to be able to understand that community as well as i mean i guess also i think one thing that i've been thinking about carol is Not seeing the LBGTQ plus community as a separate, as separate people. Yeah. There is no separation. It's yeah. And that's the thing. And, and I think that's, that's, that's something I wanted to bring to the table with us today because it's like, wow, we're talking about this community, but how do we talk about this community in a way that it doesn't sound and it doesn't feel as if those within that community is separate from everybody else have you got any idea of what we can do to address that to make sure that there is not that separation because for me personally my brother's within the lgbtq plus community and so i've learned so much from him and i've also met so many of his beautiful friends and i've had to learn they and them and some people see themselves as this one day and another day they see themselves as that so I've had to navigate that with my brother and his friends and what I've learned through that is oh wow there really is no separation between them and myself and people that identify as straight um what have you got any inkling of, of what we can do as an industry to help break down that separation and, and bring back that connection again
1: i generally think the best thing for anyone is to bring everyone together because at the end of the day yeah there is a community and there's multiple communities within the human race basically Mm -hmm. but everyone is exactly the same everyone bleeds red at the end of the day everyone has a family everyone goes to work but the only thing that's going to be able to bring people together is talking to each other communication Mm -hmm. and understanding that not everyone is the same everyone is totally and uniquely different and that's okay. Just asking the right questions, understanding that there are going to be differences sometimes, but as long as you can maybe agree that there's going to be differences, but you don't need to be hateful towards each other because you are different.
0: No, not at all. Not at all.
1: So I really think it's really that basic. It's like having a conversation with somebody and that's how you're going to bring people together because if people are just being totally blindsided to something that's going on, or just ignoring it putting their head in, in the sand they're not going to feel connection they're just going to feel isolated and it really just starts with a conversation.
0: Yeah yeah do you feel that you've experienced I- isolation throughout any point of your career within the hair industry?
1: Yes and no Um mm. i probably say yeah it's a tough one I, I don't really know how mm. to answer that to be honest with you yeah. it really depends on who you're speaking to and what they're looking for, really. Um, yeah. But for somebody like myself, I'm, if I'm not being heard for off of somebody else, then some, I know somebody else will listen to me. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: on to the next.
0: You go, next! <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like there's anything particular that needs to happen within the hair industry to combat the separation? Other than talking like Obviously, Kerry's doing the events. You have got involved as well with Kerry. It, are you able to share of what's up and coming, of what events are going to be happening within the hair industry at all to to help promote that? There's,
1: at the moment, I don't really have any information about upcoming shows and stuff, Um, mm-hmm. but it's just going to be the premises of keeping, just going forward with what our ethos it already is and focusing towards that and just trying to get as many people on board as possible, continuing with the education platform, continuing having conversations with people like yourself. Also, thank you very much for having me on this podcast as well to talk about my story as well. It really means a lot. You're
0: welcome.
1: Um, but yeah, just kind of keep going uh, until people kind of open their eyes. And the more people that are talking and the more people that are having these types of conversations, then it's more likely that people are going to listen and mm-hmm. then they're kind be a change. Mm, it's small yeah. steps it's a marathon it's not a sprint you know
0: yeah absolutely I feel for me <laughs> of course what Carrie and yourselves are doing is teaching us hair professionals how we can communicate with our clients who are potentially maybe going through the change moving from being a male wanting to be a female for instance and going through that transgender change I guess this is something that I think about is from a wholeness podcast and for the hair industry, from myself as well as communicating with yourself and collaborating with yourself and others, how can we look after the the people such as yourself in the hair industry, particularly with those people that are coming into the hair industry, the up and coming hairstylists that maybe do feel isolated, that don't feel seen or heard, that are, are working in a shop, that they don't feel welcomed. They don't feel like they can be true themselves. What you and Kerry are doing is absolutely amazing for us as as barbers, as hairdressers, to understand the, the terminologies, how to communicate and how to create such a safe space. But it's like, also for me, looking after the hair industry, It as you say, it comes down to the, the talking side of things within the hair industry, having the discussion with us two chatting about this and hoping that, people who are within the LGBTQ plus community get to listen to this episode and realize that there is a platform, there is a voice, there is people out here in the industry that actually do care, that do want to create yeah. that space and make them feel welcomed and that there is no separation. And so where Kerry and you are coming from is a client Direction. Whereas for me, I'm coming from actually, what can I do for
1: those within the hair industry? Don't get me wrong. What Kerry and I are trying to do as well is, especially Kerry being non-binary, being recognised as a professional in the industry at the moment, and they've really been pushing that, and Mm. they're finally being seen because they're working so hard for that. But it's not just in the sense of educating people who just don't know. It's also educating a person like myself when I was coming into the, the hair industry as well that you can do this you can work in this environment and you can still have a safe space it does really just start with a conversation and also for like people like yourself that are definitely allies like speaking up with us and standing with us is going to be able to create that kind of that power where people are going to be able to feel heard and seen yeah. as well so like just people like yourself that are helping and then also individuals like Carrie and I that are trying to push that forward as well. Yes. Mm. That's what it is.
0: Yeah. Is there anything that you personally want to share of your journey? Um. Again, if you feel called to and you feel comfortable to share, but as you was growing up as a child, and I know I'm reverting back to your childhood, but I just want to think about the people that are in their teenage years, in their adult years, who are wanting to come out and or go through a change. What was your journey like from being a child into your teenage years and then coming out as a lesbian? Was that, I'm not going to say was that easy, but I guess what I'm wanting to understand is what was that like for you? Because I feel if somebody else is listening to this episode who is wanting to come out as gay or lesbian or saying they are non-binary it would be amazing for somebody to hear a story from somebody such as yourself and feel they're being seen and heard and can relate. So if you would be comfortable to and wish to share that, I'd love to hear your story.
1: Coming out was really difficult. You need to know that you've got at least one person as a safe space to come out to if you're willing to do that. And you need to understand that like, not everyone's family is going to... Except that, um, I know a lot of people that have come out to their family and they've been kicked out and they don't speak anymore. So you need to have it's crazy still that you've got to say this, but coming out, you need to have a solid foundation, a plan of action. You can't just do that on a whim. You need to feel safe and you need to know that your environment's going to be safe as well. So as long as you've got somebody you can talk to, at least one friend or a family member, um, and then also like being able to maybe reach out to people like myself, like if anyone's struggling with that kind of thing or looking for. A bit of reassurance or whatever. My inbox is always open for that uh, because it is a really difficult and it's tricky to navigate as well because everyone's story is so uniquely different. Yeah. Um, I was try to remember. I was seventeen years old when I came out, which is still young, but it's also still quite late on as well mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Um, but I was very lucky in the sense that my mum, uh, she was very accepting of that, and so was my dad, mm-hmm. and I didn't have any issues with with my my intermediate family however i did with my external family and that's maybe a big reason why i don't really associate with these people and that's just nature of the beast unfortunately it's sad but it is what it is um but school and stuff that was not fun people don't understand people think you're different you're automatically excluded i can't say what school is like now for these days um yeah
0: Now that we're old, no, we're not old. (laughs) I still feel really young. I feel like I'm 25 still, Carol, and I'm
1: 35 in April. I still remember the days coming home and going on your computer to jump on MSN and talk to your pals. (laughs) (laughs) No, you (laughs) know. Oh, dear. What happened?
0: I know, and now we've got TikTok and Snapchat, and what's the next app that's going to come out? (laughs) i don't know
1: <laughs> please no more <laughs> but yeah just when you're coming out um or thinking about coming out just making sure that you've got a foundation set for yourself and that you know that you're going to be in a safe environment and if you don't feel that like you are going to be in a safe environment i wouldn't say to um have conversations like that with these people until there's some sort of way that you can navigate that but um also know that there are people out there that will listen especially online as well.
0: Yeah, I love the fact that you've stated to not take action until you know that you've got a plan of action. And that's something that I wouldn't have even thought about, to be honest, Carol. But that's the really important step is to say, well, actually be prepared for what is to potentially come and to yeah. know that not everyone is going to be as accepting. And particularly, as you say, having at least one that you can turn to that can be your soundboard, that can be there to listen and to take you in as and when you need to and things. I think that's really important. And I think particularly with within the hair community, the the hair industry, it's also making sure that we're working in a shop or a salon where we feel accepted.
1: Yeah, 100%. And
0: if you're not working in a shop or a salon where you are accepted, regardless of whether you're lesbian, gay, straight or whatever you need to think about that and make sure you're going to be working in a space that is accepting, that is going to be a safe place, that is going to be a place where you can be fully yourself because nothing is worse when you're working in a space or when you're with family or friends where you can't be yourself. And that's something that I've personally witnessed throughout my hair career is the amount of salons that I've worked in and I felt I couldn't even be myself. And I think, well, if I felt like that at times, then how on earth are people that are within the lgbtq plus community but how do they feel i look at the way that maybe i might have experienced something is absolutely nothing compared to what somebody else might have experienced but yet there's still that feeling of i feel inadequate i don't feel accepted i don't feel valued i'm not liked and so i can imagine just by me feeling those things working in some salons that that is they're they're very similar things as to what maybe you've experienced working in some shops or what other people have within the LGBTQ LBGT plus community. Um, it's a bit of a mouthful, isn't it? And I'm tongue tied as well, Carol. Yes,
1: yeah, there's a there's a syllable for everything.
0: <laughs> oh my god! I mean, tell me if, if there's a shorter way to say that. Let me know.
1: <laughs> this the best way to say it is LGBT plus <laughs> <Without> <laughs> to think well. I like, well. yeah i mean you can as well like, but you can just as long as you're adding like the plus at the end of it you're all good because oh, okay. that the plus means everyone and everything so yeah that's
0: good and that's really good to know that as well because i guess we use this abbreviation what is it is it called a, a, a um what's it called when you shorten things with letters similarly is that yeah. it um something like that isn't it a, a cinnamon cinnamon, oh, cinnamon. <laughs> <laughs> i like cinnamon i'll have cinnamon on my um chai latte i will
1: <laughs> it's good for you. it's good for you
0: but that's good to know as you say if you can say that lgbt plus well that's still inclusive of everybody so that's really cool to know that but yeah if i've felt like that in some spaces it, it's finding that way of finding space where you can be ultimately the full version of yourself because at the end of the day our best version of ourselves as cliche as that might sound the best version of ourselves we can't propel that we can't project that out into the world if we're in a space where we don't feel safe regardless of who we are
1: exactly just like another point of view as well, as an employer and stuff as well, when you've got a variation of different people within your team, you also want them to feel safe and you also want them to get on. Mm -hmm. But also, if everyone feels happy and safe within an environment that they're working in, it's only going to benefit you and the shop and everybody else in that shop as well. So for example, there's going to be some clients that's only going to feel comfortable coming to a lesbian or gay or non-binary or trans barber or stylist because they feel comfortable and they feel seen already by that person because they already know that they've already experienced a similar way of coming out or accepting themselves as well Mm. so just being able to provide that space and education for people working in their shop and allowing people to be themselves that's the main focus really it's only going to benefit everyone in the long run.
0: Absolutely. I guess I could say one of the most privileged moments in my career was when I was working for Man About Town down in Yeovil in the UK, and I had a young client who was transitioning. I had the blessing of actually going through the change with my client, um, or the let's say the start of their change, because Mm -hmm. they were still at the young age where operations couldn't be an option or anything like that, and. I even went through the the phase of them changing their name as well. And it was just so nice that this person could sit in my chair and come in and say, Bliss, I've changed my name to such and such. And I just, in that moment, I just thought, fuck, I'm doing a great job at making people feel comfortable in my chair. For my young client who came to me so shy that had hair over their eyes, didn't really want to look in the mirror, didn't really want to look at me, to then over a period of time, building this beautiful relationship between me and that client. I'm getting goose pimples thinking about it. But going through that change of that client and just letting that person be exactly who they are on that given day, sitting in my chair, and them eventually telling me about their change and, the direction that they're going in and they can't have the operation until this day or this age and things like this and they've got to go and see psychologists to qualify and I guess for me I was so unaware of the, the depth that people have to go through to become who they truly feel like they are and yeah just this beautiful experience of my client coming in and just saying today I'm such and such and I was like cool oh my god this is amazing and just to know that I could provide such a safe space for my client to confidently come in and say today my name is such and such I just think that's such an achievement and if all of us within the hair industry could create a space like that I mean how beautiful could that be you know because oh. I, I where so many clients have gone into a barber or a stylist, a salon, a barber shop, and and really not felt like they can say or express that, and they feel like that they might not be able to speak or might not be able to look in the mirror as such. So, just having that moment with my client and and going through the journey was just such a blessing, and I would love every professional to experience that at some point in their career to really appreciate what that community has to go through and to see the change and actually this person being in self-confidence self-esteem and giving them the gift to be able to come in a chair and just say it how it is rather than hiding
1: yeah well done to you for that, by the way. That's that's I love that wee story. It's nice hearing that kind of stuff that you know people like yourself that are providing that safe space for your clientele as well. It's huge. Yeah. And that person, um, they'll they'll probably stick with you forever unless like some like personal circumstances changes for the both of you. But you know, yeah, like,
0: I moved to Australia. That's what happened. Yeah, well, well, there we go. But that person
1: will never forget you though, mm. because you were probably a, a pivotal point in their life where it was important to them. So you mm-hmm. should mm-hmm. feel amazing for that because you have helped someday. Yeah.
0: That's there's that I've got that and one other occasion as well with another client. And I've got two occasions in my career where as um as a hairdresser at one of those points, this was in sort of 2016, 2017. And then um sort of within the the COVID days when we were going in and out of the bloody covid days of lockdown and stuff was with my client who was going through the change There are two moments and I think yeah being a barber being a hairstylist a colorist or a hair professional um we have got such a beautiful well we are privileged to be able to get to know humans and in such an in-depth way and I see it as It's, we are experiencing humanity every single day. hundred
1: percent. And that's what it's all about. Like everyone's on their own journey at the end of the day and everyone's got their own stuff to be dealing with. And then it's just showing that understanding and kindness and that's what's going to push it and make it go a long way
0: absolutely my lovely absolutely is there anything that you would like to add carol anything more that you'd like to share or i know that you said that if anybody's listening to this and they feel like they would like to reach out to you they can reach out to you would that be best via your instagram account or an email 100
1: if anyone's ever struggling with anything like this or looking to get into the barbering industry and they have got questions my inbox is always open to any individual and the best way to contact me is by my instagram and that's at double underscore carol black or um i'm pretty sure you can also reach out to the affirmation page as well which is at affirmation uk
0: perfect thank you my lovely anything you'd like to add or share before we wind things
1: up i think we're good and thank you once again for having me on and i wish you all the success with this podcast as well because i've listened to a few of them and i've come across some really interesting people and interesting conversations as well so well done to you Thank, oh, thank you, you
0: Carol. It. You're very welcome. Look, I would love to keep on connecting and having these discussions because I've always got more to learn as well. And like I said, as much being in that space with my brother and his friends and that community, there's still more that I can learn too. And also if I can use a Wholeness podcast as a platform to speak more on this, then I'd love to. So maybe even I could even think about reaching out to Kerry and speaking to Kerry if they would be open to that so that might be my next move so yeah if there's we, any way that i can help in. then do let me know
1: i appreciate that and then uh, we can speak to carrie and we could even um, even to get back on again at some point in the future as well and tying in would again love that
0: would absolutely I would love, love that, that. yes amazing thank you carol absolutely love this chat <laughs> <laughs> okay, have a great, great day. And thank you so much for tuning in with me and sharing this and bringing your energy too.
1: <laughs> no, thank you very much. I appreciate you having me and talking You're about
0: welcome. this. You're Enjoy welcome. You're welcome. You too. See you soon. Yeah, bye-bye. bye bye. Bye now. What a delight, Carol is. I really felt our conversation was so organic and effortless. To hear Carol's story and to know she is standing up and using her voice for a community that isn't always perceived well just lights up my heart. And I feel very privileged being an ally for the LGBTQ plus community. Honestly, honoured that I can provide a platform for others to listen to, to feel part of a community and know there is guidance, support, and love out there. We are all just humans at the end of the day. And I will always be happy to say that again, again, and again. For any of you who have tuned in to today and looking for someone to talk to, please do take Carol up on her offer by sending her a DM on Instagram at double underscore Carol Black. And that's Carol without an E. Also, the Affirmation underscore UK Instagram account founded by Kerry Blue. I truly hope this conversation between Carol and I has been an educational and eye-opening one. I always learn at least one thing with each of my guests on a Wholeness podcast, and I can't thank Carol enough for being so open to our discussion. On next week's episode, I welcome Merrin, the co-founder of Earth and Soul Pizza, who sponsor this podcast. As always, stay tuned and stay real. Join me every Wednesday for a Wholeness podcast. I'll catch you real soon. Peace, love and light.